Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So today, uh, we're going to fi- be finishing up our Romans 8 series. And some of you would maybe remember uh, back in the summer, beginning of July, I went out to uh, Colorado. We went to like the southwest part of Colorado, me and five other guys from church here, uh, just to go hiking in the mountains. And I'm telling you, I've never done anything like that before. It was really, really awesome. Like, cool in ways I can't even express to you. There was one time, um, we were, it's kind of the first real big hike climb that we made. And so we're, we're going up for quite a long time. And finally we get up to this, this top spot on this mountain. And I look around, and I'm literally looking at the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think my wife is in here today. Okay, you're the prettiest. This was the next prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. And we stuck around there for, for a little bit. And then we went hiking again. And we went around this ridge. And I looked out, and I was like, this is the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it happened like four times that, just that day. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so it was, yeah, it was one of the... the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life. But there was a part about it that I didn't really like. I did not like being cut off from the world. See, Eric likes to go out in the hills to, to literally just to be cut off from the world. I think he wants to die out there one day and nobody just even knows it. Um, he, he wants to be out there, no phone, no, no access to anything. Now here's the deal. I've, I've been with my wife like we started dating when I was junior in high school. And so I've never been cut off and separated from her to the point of like two, three days where I can't even talk to her. And it was killing me inside. I hated that separation. You know, it makes me think of like back pre-1900s when people would get on a ship and they would go across the ocean. And they're, they're out of contact with everybody for weeks on end. Uh, it is not something like it. So some people, I get it. You like to go out into the wilderness to get away from everything. I like to do it despite that, okay? But I will say this. I don't even like to admit it. Part of what I was struggling with, I'd be in my tent late at night, and I'd, the thought would go into my head like, what if something's happened? I'm, I, nobody can get a hold of me. What if something happened to, to the kids? Or like the air conditioning went out and I can't help my wife. I mean, okay, that's not a life or death situation. I get that. But there was just stuff in my brain that was just constantly clicking off, and I hated, again, I hated that separation. So what happened, we were, this is maybe the third day we were out there, and we get up to pretty high. I think it was the highest point that we had gotten to. It was about 12,800 feet. And one of the guys, he's like, hey, I just got a text through. And I'm like, what? Yes! Okay, Again, some people, there were some people in here in the first service who had like these big full beards. They were like manly men. They'd probably be like, put that phone away. You ain't texting nobody. Man, I'm telling you, the first thing I did was I got out my text, my phone, I'm texting my wife, and I was getting mad because it wasn't going through. I'm like, oh, you guys are getting stuff. What? What's wrong with my phone? I threw it off the mountain. No, I didn't do that. That would have been, that would have been really ridiculous. Finally, it goes through. And I waited long enough up in that spot in this amazingly beautiful spot high up in the mountains that had like this miracle coverage of cell coverage. Here's the text that I got between me and my wife. I said, hey, hon, 
we found service up high. Love you, and it's going great. Miss you like freaking crazy, though. And she texts me back. Miss you, too, so much. There's a lot of so there, just so you know. Uh, so glad you're enjoying it. The kids all say hi, Dad. I know you can tell my grammar's a little better. But other than that, it felt really good to, to get this, this text. Like, something clicked in me at that point. Like, okay, I can just relax and enjoy being out in the wilderness. Um, but man, it was, I, I just didn't like the feeling of being cut off. And I tried to be tough all the time. Like, who wants to make a fire? Oh, I can do it. You know, and like, who's worried about a cougar killing us? Oh, not me. <laughs> I was terrified the whole time. Okay. Trying to act tough, but uh, man, I just, there's something that felt good about that connection. Not being separated. And I think all of us, we understand what that feeling of separation is like. It's not a feeling that we like. Um, it is super normal for any of us to feel completely isolated and separated from God. Uh, I, don't, I don't care how long you've been a Christian serving, serving God. The truth is, is that same separation that we feel from people sometimes, it's inevitable that you are going to feel that separation from God. Uh, you, might, you might have everything going right in your life. You love your job, you love your family, you love your home, you love your church, everything. And even from the outside, like you are serving God faithfully. But there's these like ups and downs in everybody's, we're, we're human. So there's these ups and downs and there's those moments where, yeah, even though everything's going good and I'm still, I go to church, I'm doing all this stuff, like I just, I feel separated from God. That separation, again, that separation is a normal thing that all of us feel. It's not unusual. We can't see God, we can't hear God. And if you can hear God, you're the lucky one. Or there's something else going on in your head, all right? We, we don't experience God on an everyday basis. And so there's, it's inevitable that there's that separation. So how can I know that I'm not separated from God's love when that's exactly what it feels like? And so I think um, that's the beauty about this Romans 8. We're, we're going into the very last uh, sermon here on Romans chapter 8. We've done eight, seven so far. This is the eighth seri- uh, message in the series. And there's something about Paul, the way that he, he has gone about this entire series, just trying to help us understand things a little better. And I love what he does here in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. So let me read it. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing, he says, nothing at all that's going to separate us from the love of Jesus. That doesn't feel like what I feel every day, God. Why in the world is Paul writing it that way? You know, whether it's like how I felt that separation from my wife high up in the mountains, or maybe it's that separation that you feel like... uh, having to work too many hours and you're not, you're separated from your family because of it. Or you've got a physical ailment going on that's keeping you uh, apart from other people. Maybe you've got mental health issues going on that's keeping you from really connecting with the people around you. Maybe you've got stuff going on at home and, and everybody thinks your life is fine, but you're looking at it and like, man, people, I wish they knew how crazy it is at home right now with my kids. Like, I'm, I'm going to go insane. And there's a separation because we feel like nobody understands where I'm at. All these separations, they keep, us, they keep us from connecting with people and keep us connecting with, with God. 
And sadly, that feeling of being separated, it is just a reality for us as humans. It happened when you went away to college, if you went away to college at any point. Uh, You go away and you leave everybody behind. And and if you're like me at all, like the thoughts were, man, what, how long is it going to take before I, I have some friendships around me again? Maybe you moved across the state or across the country. And you left everybody behind. And again, it's, okay, when am I going to get this circle around me of connection? Uh, that, uh, that, for me, was the toughest thing about moving here to Janesville when we moved here about five and a half years ago. Uh, there, this feeling of, okay, what's going to be the best thing for my kids? It, it might sound like the spiritual thing to say as a pastor. I was just about where God wanted us to, to go and to, where he wanted us to serve and to grow the kingdom. i got to be honest with you. I put a lot of stock into how, what was going to be the best place for my kids. And we came to a place where they already had family. They had they have an aunt and uncle and two cousins that love them like crazy. And so I knew that right from the start there was going to be some kind of connection for them. Connection matters to us. We need connection. And more than anything else, we need connection with God. Um, and the difficult thing here is we, we see all this separation all the time. And because we feel separation from people all the time, I think what happens is we start to project that separation into our relationship with God. I don't feel God. I don't, I don't experience him around me all the time. And well, Man, I'm, I'm, I feel separated from him. And it becomes a feelings and emotion-based connection. And that's not, that's not always going to be healthy. Um, and that's, again, that's what I love about ev- all the letters, really, that Paul gives to us uh, throughout the New Testament. Paul is about changing the way we think more than anything else. Because I think he knows that if we just live our life based on how we feel about stuff, based off of feelings and emotions, we're going to be messed up. We're going to think a lot of wrong things and we're going to act in a lot of ways that, that are going to be not conducive to a, a healthy relationship with God. And so he says in Romans 12 too, this is just a few chapters after this Romans 8 stuff that we're going through. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this, of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I absolutely, this is one of my favorite messages we get from Scripture. About changing the way that we think. Because I think Paul understands something really important. He understands that if you keep thinking like you did before giving your life over to Jesus, then you're going to continue struggling in your life just like you did before surrendering your life to him. If I can't change the way that I think, I'm just going to keep on struggling. Now, I think a lot of pastors have kind of their little pet things that they, that they hit on a lot. This is mine. I believe we're not called to be in the church. I don't think we're called to be people that are constantly preaching at people about behavioral modification. Change the way you act. Change the way you act. It's not about that. It's about changing the way that we think so that our heart becomes changed and then it's easy for the behavior modification to take place. But we preach, like Paul does, changing the way we think about ourselves and about God. And so in this in this series, we've been talking about different ways that we are going to commit to believe based on what Paul's talking about in Romans 8. Uh, the first four, four verses, we talked about believing that you're not condemned. Verses 5 through 11, believing that God's spirit is in you. Uh, 12 through 14, believing that you're a child of God. Verses 15 through 25, believing that you are not a slave to fear, 
26 through 28, believing that God is actively at work to your good. 29 through 31, believing that God is for you. And then last week, uh, verses 32 through 37 was about believing that you're more than a conqueror. And so today, we're getting into this believing that we are not separated from the love of God. And I think that this is the culmination of everything that Paul's been talking about. Because here's, here's a trick for you. I think that this is talking about what our greatest fear actually is about. Like our greatest fear is actually, it, it revolves around abandonment. It revolves around being separated, being alone. Now some of you will be like, oh, Kellen, that's not true. Man, my, my biggest fear is being buried alive. I get it. That is, is like kind of number one. Some of you are like, no, it's being in the desert, dying of thirst, and then being eaten by snakes. Yeah, okay, that, that's a good number two. I'm not talking about what you're scared of dying from, though. I'm talking about what we're scared of here right now today. And I think for a lot of us, it comes down to we fear abandonment. We fear being lonely. What's the thing that you feared about when you first went to school? Well, sixth grade, the thing was I didn't want to get stuffed in a locker, okay? Kindergarten was, am I going to know any? Is anybody going to talk to me? Am I going to have any friends? How long is it going to take? When, when you move into a different place, a different city, it, it, like that's the fear. Am I going to feel abandoned? Am I going to be lonely? We don't like the idea of being lonely. <clears throat> we need connection. More than anything else, we need connection. Um, and more than anything else, we need connection with God. It's one thing to have connection with people, but we have got to have connection with God. And we know in our hearts that we want to feel that connection. And we don't always feel it. And so when we don't feel it, we become like a fish out of water. Nothing seems right in our spiritual walk with God. And so we'll believe things about ourselves that aren't true. And when we believe things about ourselves that aren't true, we will act in ways that aren't true. Why does a kid act really dumb in high school? It's because in order to get connection, they will do just about anything to get it. And so you do stupid stuff because you're believing something that's a lie. That that connection isn't there or that that connection is needed. And so, again, the culmination of what Paul's talking about in this, in this chapter, Romans 8, comes down to this. He's trying to get us to understand that the love of Jesus holds firm. No matter what you're going through, no matter the good times, the bad times, he's trying to say, you guys, the love of Jesus holds firm. You have to understand that. You have to believe it. No matter what you're feeling, you have to get to the point that you believe that. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. I want to read these two verses one more time for you. He said, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how does this love of Jesus hold firm? The love of Jesus holds firm in the worst of crises and in the best of blessing. That's what he's trying to say here. In life and death, the angels or demons, present or future, all of this. No matter what, the love of Jesus holds firm in all of that. And he's trying to make this distinction really clear for us. Because what happens is, when we're in the good times or the bad times, do you realize that it's in the really good times or the really bad times that your emotions are also going to usually be at their highest or their lowest? 
your emotions are, are thick in those moments. When everything's kind of even keel, your emotions tend to be a little bit more even keel. And so in the really great times of life and the really bad times of life, our emotions can get too involved and we can start to we can start do two things. We can start to think, oh man, everything is so good. I, I've, I've got this thing, life I'm, is easy. I don't, even, I don't even need God right now. I don't feel like God's here, but I don't even need him because everything's great. That's one way you can go. And then in, in, the, in the darkness of it, man, everything is so bad. God, where are you? And so we have these two competing questions that come off of our emotions more than anything else. When our emotions are super high or super low, we start to veer ourselves away from God a little bit more. It happens when we get uh, in relationship with people too. People have married the wrong person before because of emotions. Nobody's paying attention to you. And so the first person that pays attention to you, you're like, whoo-hoo, yeah, this is nice. I got some attention. I'm going to marry that person. And they're an awful human. It's not good. Or maybe you're getting all the attention in the world and they're just, this one really good looking person is giving you even more attention. And so you're like, sweet, marry that one. Again, didn't realize that they were kind of a despicable person to be around. In the highs and lows, what we're feeling, our emotions, it will drive us sometimes to think and believe things that we shouldn't and we'll do things that we shouldn't. See, feelings aren't to be trusted, but God's firm love in our lives is to be trusted. In fact, the only thing that should ever be trusted is God's love. It's the only thing that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt where it stands. He loves us so much that it goes beyond our circumstances. And so Paul is saying here that we aren't separated from God's love in either life or death. And I want to hit on this, this life or death that he's talking about. What does he mean when he says that we're not separated from God, even in life. I think there's a couple things about this that, that I want to uh, point out. He's making sure that we understand that in the goodness of life, when life is at its finest, the temptation is actually going to come to believe that we are experiencing it because of our own goodness. We're experiencing it on our own. He's saying, no. Even in the best of life, you're not separated from God's love. But then it goes a little further. I think he's also trying to say that we, see, we can easily get a glimpse of the love of God in the, good, in the good moments, right? That's easy. Sometimes we might miss it because everything's so good that we forget to put any of that attention on it being a glimpse of God's love. It's just, everything's too good. But we also have to understand that in the darkest of times, there is always going to be a glimpse of God's love out there for us. In all things, life or death, the love of God allows you to see a glimpse of Jesus. And I'm going to say this. I think sometimes it's in the dark moments of life, in the death moments of life, that we actually experience even greater glimpses of Jesus. Because of what I said before. When everything is great, it's hard to... Everything is good. Everything looks like the glimpse of, of the goodness of God. But when everything's bad, those things that are the glimpse of Jesus, man, they stick out. And there's a situation in the, in the New Testament, a story of a man named Stephen where we actually see this glimpse of, of God's love coming forth in a, ver in a death moment. And actually a literally, a literal death moment. Looking in the story, uh, Acts chapter 7, starting in verse 54. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, what they heard was Stephen was giving them a, uh, this, 
awesome story about what the whole Old Testament was and how it connects to Jesus. He was testifying about Jesus through the Old Testament story. It says, They were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And at this they covered their ears. And yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. And then it says, verse 59, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. This is an incredibly awful situation Stephen's been put in. But even in this moment, we see this glimpse of the love of God being shown to him. He looks up into the heavens and he sees, he sees this awesome glory of God. And at the very end of his life, while he's being stoned, he's asking God not to, not to hold it against them. He says, receive my spirit. After that, he said, forgive them for what they're doing. Uh, this is one of those tremendous points of God's grace that you've probably likely come, come across at some point in your death experiences. Maybe not a literal death experience, but just that moment in life where it seems like everything is being lost. And maybe the big question that we need to ask ourselves today is this. Am I allowing God to show me a glimpse of the love of Jesus in either my life or death moments right now? Am I seeing the glimpses of Jesus in the high points and in the low points? It's easy to see it when everything's even keel. It's a little harder to see Jesus and to be connected to his love and when our emotions are too high or too low. Am I seeing it even in those moments? You can either buy into the lie that Satan is going to try to play with you, that you're fine without Jesus because everything is great, or you're going to, you might buy into the lie that, that because everything is so bad, you are separated from God's love and he's not there for you. Or you're going to buy into the truth of what Paul is saying here, which is it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your emotions are telling you, what your feelings are telling you. The love of Jesus is with you. It is firm. It holds till the end. You are not separated from it. Like every other week in this, in this series, in Romans chapter 8, we're trying to realize this truth that Paul is trying to make clear. Trying to remember what it is of who God is so that in these day-to-day -day moments that we go through, we don't experience the day-to-day -day up and downs of believing different things about God. No matter what the crisis is, no matter what the worries in your life are, no matter what your own weakness is, the love of Jesus holds firm, no matter what. Now here's the thing, you might feel disconnected from God. In a room with this many people, I actually think there might be a chance that half the people in any room at any time at any church, half the people feel disconnected from God. It's what we, it's what we go through as humans, we feel disconnected. But it's the same as it is with our relationships with people. If I go into my relationship with my wife and I'm believing that she is thinking something about me that she's not thinking, what's going to happen? There's going to be a disconnect between me and her. It's not that she's separated her love from me in any kind of way, but it's that I'm believing something about what she's thinking and it is making me feel disconnected in that moment. And it's the same thing with God. Once I begin to believe something about God that is not true because of the emotions that I'm feeling, 
I will begin to feel disconnected from God. And so part of the antidote to this, part of what we have to do in response to this disconnected feeling with God is we have to remind ourselves of the truth that Paul is telling us throughout Romans 8. It's constantly preaching that gospel back over to ourselves over and over and over again. I think this is why Paul goes to these incredible lengths in Romans 8 to try to get us to see the truth about who God is and who we are in light of God. Your spiritual well-being has more to do with your train of thinking in who you think God is and who you think you are in light of that. It has way more to do with that than who God actually is. Satan's going to try to get in there and, and mess you up and make you think things about God that are not true. Nice, some lights just went out. Andrew, you know where the breaker is, buddy? Thanks. So again, uh, your thoughts, man, they're not the same every day. You go through ups and downs. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, some days, I think my job is the best thing ever. And some days, I want to look in the classified ads for something else. That's the way we are, right? Uh, some days, I feel like I'm a great dad. Some days, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be the reason that they're in therapy one day. <laughs> some, some days, I can't wait to wake up and get my day going. Other days, I curse the rising of the sun. We, are, we go back and forth between our, our thinking. It's up and down all the time. So this week, I want us to commit to this. Let's commit to speak the truth of Christ's love commitment to us. Uh, worship team, you guys can get back up here. Uh, we're almost done. But I want us to commit to speaking out to ourselves the truth of Christ's love commitment to us. Let the lies go when you feel like you're separated from God, realize that that is, you are not connected to him at the moment because of your thoughts. But you can be reconnected to God by simply changing the way you think like Paul talks about. Let's choose to rest in his love. Set aside the feelings and the emotions. And so what I want us to do is I want us to uh, look at a prayer. Uh, lately I've been kind of finishing off our sermons with a prayer that you can pray. Uh, as you go about every single day of your week. And I think that this prayer is important because it, it's reminding ourselves of who God is, but it's asking God to also <laughs> to help us to remember who he is and who we are in light of him. So here's the prayer. Lord, every day I go through a range of human emotions and feelings. The enemy wants to use my feelings as a wedge between you and me. But I believe the truth that nothing at all can separate me from your love. I believe that no matter how high the highs and how low the lows, your love for me remains a constant. Help me to glimpse the love of Jesus in the moments where I would otherwise be an emotional wreck. Help me to see your grace in my life when others might only feel pain. Help me to stay connected to you by remembering today that you are never separating yourself from me. Amen. I think that that prayer, it just kind of sums up what he's trying to get at here in Romans chapter 8. We are not separated from him, from God's love at all. I'm going to pray that God would help you wherever you're at right now to begin to see the glimpse of God's love in your, in your week this week. Even in the darkest moments, I believe he wants to help you see what his love looks like. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.